So, how about them Red Sox? Ew. (laughs) Kate, no. I'm sorry. I know you hate Boston. (laughs) But also, like, just how about them? Do you know about them? No, it's not baseball (laughs) season. (laughs) I was like, do you know something I don't? No. To be fair, I don't know a lot. Yeah. I actually, actually, I really don't know much about anyone who plays the sport or anything about them. Okay. Yeah, that was my follow-up question with this intro. Like, how you feel about baseball? You like it? I do like baseball, actually. I love baseball. I like going to baseball games. America's pastime. Right? Yeah. yeah I've been to four stadiums. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, both the ones. So, like, let's see. The Giants and the A's, because mm. that's right where I grew up. Yeah. And then I went to a Yankees Red Sox game oh. at Fenway in Classic. Boston. Yep. Holy Hate crap. Uh, <laughs> <Catherine>. <laughs> but at that time, I feel like my hatred wasn't super strong. So yeah. I wasn't going around openly booing, but I also would have been punched in the face. I was about to say, that's a dangerous game. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. And Don't. then, let's see, I went to the Rockies in oh. uh, Denver. See, that's super awesome. Yeah. I've never been to a major league baseball game. Oh. I worked at a minor league baseball stadium <gasps> for three years. Oh my God, I love that. And that was... Um, I worked for the Asheville Tourists. Um, I grew up in Asheville, but they're owned by the Rockies. Oh, okay. That's their like uh, MLB affiliate. affiliate? Yeah, their sister team. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, Cousin. one's major, one's minor. Since the second, so removed. the Rockies just own the Tourists. But it was kind of cool working there. We would. I was the ice cream girl. I sold ice cream and I sold Dippin' Dots. Oh my God, Dippin' Dots. It's so good. Yes. And we'd sell them in these little like novelty baseball hats. Yes. That had the logos on yes. them. Yes. And we sold tourist and Rockies hats. Oh, so that's you got to pick fun. which one you wanted, which was just kind of like, it, it was just kind of cool. So I'm always excited for baseball season to start. It'll be starting within the next month or so. I don't know the exact date. And oh. I just wanted to catch you off guard and get you mad about Boston. I, starting off the podcast with me like <laughs> slightly infuriated uh, is always a good thing. I think that's where our best content comes from. I just look, I have a lot of friends who are in Boston and a lot of kids that I went to school with were from Boston because the school was in Vermont. And it's like right there, which mm-hmm. I didn't realize. But it's, and I, ever since then, it's just grown into a, yeah. a, a dislike. Just like a slow and steady I feel like everyone doesn't like the Boston sports except for like New England I don't I don't really know about that I feel oh I was boarding a flight I don't even know where I was going and the guy on the like speaker at the gate was joking I think it was my connection from New York to here and he was like if you don't like or maybe it was going Anyways, I was in either New York or Boston airport. Okay. And the guy was like, if you don't like, you know, Boston sports or whatever, or if you don't like the Red Sox, like you can board first. It's like a joke. Oh. And so we all were laughing. So you hopped up. But I did tell him as he was skinning, I was like, I hate Boston sports. And he was like, yeah. That's so funny. So, you know, you can just really make connections with people. And then if people say they like Boston sports, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to offend them immediately because yeah. I, I don't have any grounds to stand on aside from just not liking them. Yeah. And <laughs> you know what? That is your right as an American to <laughs> just not like anything you want based yeah. on very limited facts. It, exactly. Look, and I think before we start, I should also mention that I'm extremely congested. Oh, so yeah, she is. <laughs> Bless her heart. I keep forgetting to get nose spray, which I desperately need to do. So I'm just constantly blowing my nose and sounding like I have plugs in my nose so uh it's okay 
it's get it's kind of clearing up a little bit right now in one nostril that's fine but yeah so if i sound a little bit like oh you know how you end it instead of like a d word it sends, ends in like a b sound you're like yeah because you're I'm all fine yeah like monica yes exactly <laughs> by the way that's cat oh that's k and this is the discovery chat <laughs> welcome welcome um six minutes in you finally know what you're listening to <sighs> well better late than sorry no better late than never mm. metaphors there was one time that I thought, uh, it's close, close, but no cigar is mm-hmm. the phrase. Yeah. And I forgot that's how it ended. So I was like, what's that phrase? Like close, but no tomato. And they're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just going to start saying that to people now. It's, you know, close, but no tomato. To me, close, but no cigar holds no different, you know, value as opposed to close, but no tomato. It's, it's the same to me. Kat, I think he just named this episode. <laughs> close, but no tomato. Episode 10, close but no tomato. Hey. Or is this nine? Nine? Ten? Mm, I think it's nine because last week was eight. Even or, though we'd already recorded eight. But we decided but we to scrap it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is our brains working. Episode nine, yes. close but no tomato. <laughs> I love it. Should we get started? Let's do it. I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited too. Uh, if you're just tuning in and you haven't listened to any updates, we have a new format, yes, surprise topics, Woo-hoo. a little bit shorter, a little bit more bullet point-esque. Um, we're not going to tell you the full history of everything from now on. Sorry about that. But we, I, we got <laughs> really into like, all right, let's 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 re- rewind to like 300 years before today. I feel like every single topic started in the 1700s, which was just such a problem. <laughs> it was just too much. It was too, too much. much. So, yeah. Surprise topics. She doesn't know what I'm about to talk about. They're not related. Nope. She went first last week. I'm going to dive in first this week. Yay. Are you excited to hear? I'm I'm so excited to hear yours because I'm also so excited to tell you mine. I, I feel can't... like the surprise thing is even more exciting. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So, this week, oh boy. I decided to research Central Park <gasps> in New York City. Ooh. Because I don't know anything about it. I don't either. It's very... I've never been there. Have you been there? No. Okay. Have you been to New York? I went to New York once for work, but it was kind of like a really quick overnight thing. So gotcha. the most that I did was go to my work things that I had to do during the no day. No tourism. And then, no, I just ate dinner. Okay. Ate some good pizza. Awesome. Well, I've never been to New York, period. Oh. Um. So I I always thought that Central Park was just a, a big park. It's just kind of like a big... It's huge i know it's It's massive it's massive i thought it was just like a big well-known beautiful park and any park was exciting in new york where they only have (laughs) concrete i didn't know the massive just everything that's involved with it yeah and reading about it was super duper fun and interesting and i hope that i get to shed light on this because central park is one of those it's very popular in pop culture it's in movies it's in tv we hear everybody knows about it but we don't really like know what the heck is in it yeah unless you live there which we don't we don't (laughs) so i'm gonna tell you what the heck is in central park let's start with the basics okay um it's located in manhattan Mm -hmm. between the upper west and the upper east side this is true this is true. It's the, it's the, I, I'm acting like I know that much. Yeah, I've seen maps. That's correct. I've traveled around it, never been to it. Close enough. Yeah. So it's the fifth largest park in New York City, and it covers 800. Wait, wait, wait. It's the fifth largest? There yeah. are bigger ones in yeah. New York City? Yeah. That's what I read. 
I'm surprised. That's what I read. Okay. Maybe it's just New York, but I'm, I wrote down New York City. We're sticking with it. I hadn't drank that much when I researched this. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but it covers 843 acres. Ooh. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a, that's a big old area there. That's a lot of acres. <laughs> that's a lot of acres. More than I own. I own zero currently. <laughs> Much more than I own or will ever own. Yeah. It's the most visited urban park in the United States with 38 million visitors annually. Oh my God. Lordy. That's crazy. <laughs> Lord. It's one of the most filmed locations in the world. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, <laughs> this is going to, it's open from 6 a.m. to 1 a.m., which I didn't know it had like hours. Hours. It's a <laughs> I, park. I'm kind of surprised that it's open so late, honestly, because I feel like most parks are like sun up to sun down. Yeah, but I feel like it, since it is, I mean, New York City is a city that never sleeps. This is true. So I'm kind of curious to think about what all those people are doing from 1 to 6 a.m., like how hard they're sweeping. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, like the. Yeah. I mean, do you think that the, the cleanup staff? is limited just to five hours? No, I'm just oh, saying I, they, I would assume the that major stuff. That's their opportunity to really like deep clean with their toothbrush and stuff. <laughs> they go onto all the rocks. And just... Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. So it was marked a U.S. National Historic Landmark in May of 1963. Ah. It was added to the U.S. National Register of Historic Places in October 1966. It was marked as a New York City landmark in March of 1974. Oh. So there are a lot of, it's on a lot of lists. A lot of very important lists. Very, very popular. And finally, it's owned by the New York City Department of Parks and Recreation, which is just like a given. That makes sense. For a second when you said it's owned by somebody, I was like, uh, wait, (laughs) somebody owns this? Oh, God. (laughs) Capitalism. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about the creation. Um... In the 1840s, there was a proposal for a large park in Manhattan, and this was first approved in 1853. So Mm. they started talking about it in the 40s. By 53, they were like, let's do this shit. Yeah. Um, In 1857, landscape architect Frederick Law Olmsted and architect landscape designer Calvert Vaux won a design competition to construct the park with a plan that they titled as the Greensward Plan for reasons unknown by me. (laughs) Construction began that same year, and the park's first areas were open to the public in late 1858. Ooh. So this bitch is old. (laughs) (laughs) Got some old trees up in there. A lot of history. History. Yeah. History. (laughs) She got it. (laughs) (laughs) So additional land at the northern end was purchased in 1859, and the park was finally completed in 1876. So. Ooh. She took a while. Wow. She took a while. Yeah. Um, Creation of the Central Park Conservancy was in 1980, which refurbished many parts of the park during the 80s and the 90s, which sounds important. Yeah, I bet. Since it's so old. I was going to say, since it's that old. They needed to replace some things. Yep. Put down some some stuff. I don't know how parks (laughs) work. Add more koi fish to the pond. Yes. Some of them probably died. Koi fish pass away. Are you asking me or are you No, I'm, me? I'm saying like it happens. Oh. oh. It happens. I thought you were like, wait, koi fish die? They aren't eternal? <laughs> I was like, <"What?" laughs> If only. 
<laughs> if only. Um, so the Conservancy is a nonprofit organization, and it contributes 75% of Central Park's $65 million <gasps> annual budget, and it's responsible for all basic care of the park. <laughs> so yeah, the budget for this park is $65 million per year. That seems wild, but I also don't know, like, the cost of a typical park and since it's so big. like Yeah, I mean, dang. 843 acres. And once you hear about all the stuff that's in it, you're going to be like, of course it costs $65 million. Holy, okay. Holy crap. Yeah. So, yeah, they contribute 75% of that budget. Um, I'm assuming that the other 25% comes from state and federal funding, um, probably private contributions. I don't know. All that jazz. All that jazz. So now that we know a little bit about the history, let's talk about what is actually in Central Park. Yes, please. Which is, uh, this was all such new information to me. Yeah. Guys, I thought it was just a park. (laughs) I literally, I thought it was just grass and flowers and running trails. (laughs) Dude, no. So here are some of the features. The Ramble and Lake. The Ramble is a 38-acre forested area with tons of winding walkways and trails. Trials. Trails. Trials. <laughs> the lake is 20 acres in itself. Whoa. Massive. It's that big. Massive. I didn't realize that. Girl, me either. There's also the Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis Reservoir. Wait, there's a lake and a reservoir? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, there's also a meadow known as Sheep Meadow. Sheep? Sheep Meadow. Okay. There are amusement attractions, the Wallman Rink, the Central Park Carousel, and of course, the Central Park Zoo. There's a zoo. I've heard of the Central Park you know, Zoo. I didn't think it was actually in Central Park. I was going to say, you know what What didn't connect in my mind is that the zoo might actually be at the park it's named after. Yeah. Didn't know that. Didn't know that at all. I got to go to this place when I go to New York. Oh, keep listening. Oh, okay. There's the Central Park Mall, which no. Wait, what? No, it's not a shopping area. Okay. It's just a big walkway. Okay, okay, Kind of okay. like... Oh, like with the trees on the side? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, kind of like in D.C. How there's... Yes. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to maybe butcher this pronunciation. Cool. The Bethesda? Bethesda? Bethesda. Thank you. Don't cut that out. I love that so I'm much. not going to cut it out. I promised, <laughs> I promised our listeners they're going to listen to me fuck up every week. So the Beth... Bethesda. Bethesda. Thank you. The Bethesda Terrace and Fountain, which is like very well known. It's in Is this, that the main? It's got a big fountain and then there's kind of like this, It there's this terrace and it's got two large staircases yes, on either side. Yes, that's the one in Broad City. Yeah, that's exactly the <laughs> example I was going to use. And there's the lady like dying behind them. And yes, you're like, God, this down. is so nice. We should come here more. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's two levels united by two grand staircases, and it leads into the Central Park Mall. Oh, Very beautiful. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) So there's also a theater, the Delacorte Theater, and it hosts a ton of Shakespeare programs, typically in the summer, but throughout the year. Fun. Very fun. Wintertime. Winter. Yes. So there are a ton of sports facilities, which is what kind of blew my mind. Oh. There is the North Meadow Recreation Center. Uh-huh. It has 12 tennis courts. Huh! 12? Four outdoor basketball courts. Okay. An indoor rock climbing wall. What? And other facilities. I'm other? sure there's... ETC. I'm sure there's a fucking swimming pool in there or something, right? Like... There's gotta be. There must be. 
also within the sports facilities um, category, (laughs) (laughs) there are 12 baseball fields. Wait, 12? 12 baseball fields and six non-regulation soccer fields. That's massive. That's so many. So much sports are happening in Central Park. You could have so many leagues going on the same night. All of the leagues. All of the leagues. All of them. And in addition, in 2007, they paired up with the Riverdale Equestrian Center to offer horseback riding lessons. You can, you can ride a horse. You can go to the mall. You can shoot some soccer on a non-regulation soccer field. Ride the carousel. See a zebra. Everything can happen in Central Park. All that you need is right there. <laughs> in those 843 acres. And then, once you get hungry, there are two indoor restaurants. Oh. within central park oh what i had i i thought it was just a park <laughs> i had no idea it was this massive thing like it's an establishment it's like its own ecosystem in there it really is it's they have a whole economy <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't go off of the dollar anymore they no. go off of like the stones from the river <laughs> park bucks central park, park bucks perk <laughs> points <laughs> central perk yes all right, that was lame. So two indoor restaurants. One is called Tavern on the Green. It was built in 1870. Whoa. And it used to be a sheep fold for the sheep who grazed Sheep Meadow. I wish there were still sheep there, like, so badly. In the restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> in the meadow. It would be really... It, It'd it would be, be great such, if they were in the restaurant. It would be in such poor taste if they served lamb, though. Oh, my God. Lamb kebabs. Oh. At the previous sheep fold <laughs> next to Sheep Meadow in Central Park. PETA would be all over that shit. That would be pretty that'd be pretty funny. They'd be up in arms. <laughs> but it was it was finally converted into a restaurant in nineteen thirty seven. It renovated and expanded in nineteen seventy four. It actually closed down in two thousand nine for a five year renovation. Oh my god. So it's brand new. It's brand new now. Whoa. No more sheep shavings in that bitch. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm almost done, I promise. Um, The other restaurant is the Loeb Boathouse. The Loeb. Not as much fun history there. It was built in 54. It opened in 83. So it's just a restaurant. Wait, it was built in 54 and opened in 83? Not sure about what happened in between those dates. I was going to say, it took 30 years to build a restaurant? My website did not tell me what was going on there we don't need details they just weren't ready yeah so that's kind of the bulk of my information i do want to add in this one extra tidbit that i think cat especially is going to really appreciate yay so in the mid 20th century central park had a reputation for being very dangerous oh especially after dark oh after dark because sometimes people got murdered there so one of the first murders was 12-year-old Jerome Dore fatally stabbed 15-year-old James O'Connell in the park around a 1 in the morning. A 12-year-old? Stabbed a 15-year-old. Oh, my God. At about 1 in the morning. So local tabloids cited this incident and several other crimes following that as evidence of a highly exaggerated crime wave in Central Park. So it was exaggerated, but also, like, things were happening. Whoa. It was not completely a farce right it wasn't nothing but 12 year olds were stabbing people in the midst of the night what the heck what are you doing out at 1 a.m i don't know stabbing people i guess i guess 
So (laughs) to end on that very dark note. (laughs) I love that little tidbit. That is my research about Central Park. It's just the general overview if you're more interested in learning. Like there's so, so much out there. Yeah. Like there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on within this 843 acres that I didn't know was there. (laughs) Once again, thought it was just a park. (laughs) I love that. That was amazing. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. It was kind of a spur of the moment topic decision. So I liked learning more about it because I feel like I knew it was there, but I did. It's hard to envision what is, is there when you don't, you've never been. Exactly. I've only seen it on TV. I watch a lot of, um, law and order SVU. Yes. And I would say every like fourth or fifth episode out of the 500 episodes they have, (laughs) takes place a a portion of it in Central Park. Somebody's always being murdered in Central Park on SVU. Let me clarify. TV? Not real life? Yeah. And then, of course, there's, like, Friends and the movie Elf and just, like, all these classics. Sex in the City. Oh, God, I love Sex in the City. Great, great content for Central Park. Amazing. Yeah. I loved that. Thanks. I'm glad you liked it. That was really fun. Thanks. I can't wait to hear what you're talking about. I'm so excited. I have to blow my nose so bad. All right. Thank you. <laughs> you feel better? Oh my God. I feel, I feel a lot better, but I okay. feel, you know, when you sit down and it just, anyway, life happens. Life so, happens. Mucus I, happens. Yes. I'm really, really excited to do this research uh, and share it with you. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little bit of a history build up <gasps> that leads to the main topic. Ooh. Because... I think it's something that you'll really like, but I didn't want to give it away right away. Okay. I can already <laughs> tell I'm really going to love this. I think you there's, will. there's a mystery at the beginning. I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm ready. So, founded by brothers Jan and Dean Mullaney, Eclipse Enterprise became a comic book publisher in the late 1970s. I want to guess so much. I'm not going to. I think you'll know. I'm not going to guess. So, eventually... Eclipse moved into the trading card business mm-hmm. after small splashes with um, the Iran-Contra hearing trading cards. Their true crime Yay! trading cards hit the market. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I'm so excited. So I'm going to talk about the true crime. Tri- <laughs> yeah. I am going to talk about the true crime trading cards. One of which Kay got me for Christmas. Yes. And I brought with me because I thought it'd be fun to open it. <laughs> my next question was, are we going to open yours? Can we please open yours? Duh. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I know. This beats the shit out of Central Park. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I honestly was, I kind of wasn't sure what to do. And then I looked on my nightstand and they were there and I was like, that was the one that I was going to do, but I kind of wanted to wait. And then I was like, I want to do it now. I'm just so excited because oh. I've been wanting to open them since I'm, I got them. I'm honored at this right now. This is such... This is so near and dear to me. So near and dear to our friendship. I know. Get on with it. All right. Here we go. (laughs) Okay. So the trading cards hit the market right after, not right after, it was right before the Jeffrey Dahmer trial in 1992. So they kind of used that as a way to propel into the market of these, these true crime trading cards. Yeah. So in 1992, Editor-in-Chief Catherine Uranwood... Mm-hmm. told Her. the New York Times, we've never sold anything this well in our lives. The notoriety proved to be the best publicity we could have hoped for. Oh, absolutely. So having that trial obviously helped a lot. And of course, like one of, to this day, the best trials, best 
not best is a really weird word to use, but right. like one of the most interesting, unique situations yes. for a crime and a trial. Absolutely. That's and amazing. Yeah. So they included Dahmer in the cards. So that's also why it got so popular. Okay. But because he was included, it kind of sparked an outrage with people like the families yeah. of the victims and everything. And during that, people who were kind of against these cards believed that minors were targeting targeted for the audience of them. Because they were trading cards. Because they were trading cards, um, which they Eclipse kind of later was like, no, that wasn't like, like these aren't kid cards, but yeah, th- this was how they were perceived. Yeah. And so in response, Canada and eight U.S. states at minimum, so could have been more. I don't, I don't know why I'd say that minimum, whatever. Um, they introduced legislation in the late, in late 1992. So like right after they came out basically to, it was mostly to penalize people who were selling the cards to children under a certain age. Wow. Kind of like cigarettes almost. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little bizarre. It, it seems like a, an intense step for just some trading cards. It I, is because you can go to any old library and get literature on murder, yep. on specific murder cases. Yep. You can look at case files. I know. But yet, wow. I mean, I guess the whole profit I don't know. aspect of it is what makes it a little gross. But yeah. I mean, they weren't that expensive back in the... It was 1992. They sold them for, I think, it was like a buck. Yeah. It, it You know, it wasn't that crazy, but... I mean, they're still making money. Oh, oh yeah. They're still, to this day, making money. Um, All of our fellow murderinos who listen to the My Favorite Murder podcast will know that's kind yeah. of why Kate got them for me and yes. sparked this whole thing <laughs> that I am now looking into it. If you couldn't tell by my, like, extra fun fact tidbit at I know. the end of Central Park. Well, when you were like, I we have a fun murder. tidbit and it was murder, I was like, you're going to... This ties perfectly in. I was so worried that I was going to end on murder and you were going to be like, so I'm going to talk about Lisa Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Something just super duper. Great not, thing to research, but not uh, transitional. Not today. Okay. Getting back to them trying to file this motion. All but one of the laws failed with Long Island, New York successfully enacting jail time and fines for the sales of these cards to minors. So somebody, Joe Schmo, on the street selling them. Or like in a store. I don't, yeah, I don't really know where these were like sold, but okay. I'm I'm guessing maybe comic stores or something. I gotcha. So like the the actual person creating the transaction. If a kid not comes up company. to me and I'm like, here, a buck, I would get in trouble. Okay. I would get fined or put in jail. Makes yep. interesting sense. So while a lot of the people's attention on these cards was centered around them depicting violent crimes, um, Eclipse's true crime trading cards also featured other criminals and even law enforcement members. So it's not necessarily just like murderers. Okay. It's, it's different types of crime and people involved in crime from kind of the good, the bad. Maybe somebody that solved the case. Exactly. Cool. Or arrested the perp exactly i love it all got the perp love it all yeah so they weren't a stranger to controversy eclipse um the company that made them because they kind of got a couple different things that they were working on that was a little bit like woo. so in 1990 it, it released the coupe de tat the assassination of john f kennedy trading cards oh my god yeah that's a little that's kind of heavy. It's a bit much. Um, and then in 1991, they released card sets um, 
on the savings and loan scandal, the war on drugs, the scandalous stories and figures from the world of baseball, AIDS awareness um, cards as well, which sold in 1993. And that was the last time that they released anything. That's kind of... They they went for the the hot hot button topics. They really did. Yeah. And uh, as you were reading some of those, I got a little cringy. It, it's like AIDS. I, I know it's awareness. That well, I mean, yeah, I don't know what it didn't go know. into detail, but a lot of them is a little bit like kind of intense issues. Wow. And then they ended up filing for bankruptcy in 1995. So these were only manufactured for a couple the, of years. These were many for. Uh, the trading cards themselves for true crime, they had to stop uh, making them. Wow. Kind of shortly after they started, really. Okay. Yeah. That makes kind of some sense. I don't know. I know. I'm looking now at the ones that I bought you, and they were the 1992, which makes sense which, because they didn't sell them for very long. Yeah. I was going to say, the last thing that I have is that they did kind of their true crime trading cards number two series, which was released in April 1993. Um, and it was focused around Rodney King, who is a black man who was brutally beaten in uh, by Los Angeles police in 1991 yeah. and sparked like riots and outrage. So that was kind of the focus on that second round of cards that came out. Okay. But there there wasn't much more after that. Wow. Yeah. Well, I. Should that's we- interesting to know. Should we dig in? Please open them. Okay. Do you want me to hold your mic? I was going to say, yeah. Because I got to... Oh, oh, you're nice. I hear... Oh, we can do a little bit of like... ASMR. It's crazy to think that these have been like in the pack since 1992. That's the thing. So for... What's that? 28 years? Yeah. Oof, I'm so afraid. Oh, here we go. It's happening. Oh my god, do not rip the cards. No, 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 not the cards. I like oh, the packaging oh. a lot, like the front of it. Okay, that so was I'm just scary. trying to like, shimmy them out. Shimmy, shimmy. There we go. Oh my gosh, how many are in there? Eee! Holy shit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven. We got eleven cards. Okay. Okay, I'm so excited. So, I figured we could go through just a few while yes. we're here and then we can always cut it out, I guess. So, the first one is Howard Unruh. Unruh? Unrun? Un- Unra? So he was born in 1921, the son of estranged parents, and lived with his mother and seldom saw his father. He served in the artillery during World War II, re- returned home to Camden, New Jersey, and decided to study pharmacy. Quiet and unobtrusive, he dated but didn't really care for it. Unra believed that people's purpose... Tr- per- that, pur- that people purposefully... Whoop, tried to annoy him oh my god talked about him amongst themselves and just had it easy compared to him so he tried to build a wall around his family's home practiced target shooting in the basement oh my and god kept detailed account detailed accounts of insults he had suffered oh, he had a list yeah he whoa holy so shit. on september 6th 1949 unra's hidden rage exploded he woke early dressed in his best clothes and armed himself at 9.15, he narrowly missed when he tried to stab his mother. Oh my she ran God. away, and he went outside, where he walked from shop to shop, killing local merchants. 
He shot the shoemaker dead at point blank range, went into the barber shop and killed several people with a 45 point four five. Yeah, a 45 gauge. Okay, that's what I was like. It says point four five. And I was, I was yeah. like, can I just say 45? Okay. Yeah, 45. I feel like I've watched enough crime shows where I should know, <laughs> but I got I got scared. Uh, then shot the insurance man with a German lugger outside the drugstore. The druggist the druggist is what they call i don't know the druggist shouted a warning to his family upstairs but of the four in the house only the druggist's 12 year old son escaped death oh my god unra moved outside again killed a truck driver and wounded a teenager and a young woman the streets were nearly empty by then but he found two women and a child in a stopped car shot them dead and wounded several others when unra hit, hid in a house police surrounded it and used tear gas to force his surrender Asked why he had killed 13 people in as many minutes, he said, they were picking on me. He was found insane and committed to Trenton State Hospital, where he remains. He's still alive. Oh, okay. This I mean, is 92. This, this yeah. is 92. Who knows? Oh, my God. Crazy, right? I love that. Isn't this fun? Yes. You want me to do another? Yes. Should we? Should we pick one? Yeah. Should we see if there's any, like, notorious ones? Lindbergh kidnapping. Holden Purvis. Richard, okay, we know Richard. The Zodiac Killer. And Richard Ramirez. Yes. The Night Stalker. Let's do Richard Ramirez. Oh, he is a creepy motherfucker. He's the one that, like, put, um, what is that on his hand? It's, like, the devil thing. Oh, the, yes, yes. What's it called? The uh, pentagram. Yeah, he, like, put a pentagram on his hand and, like, stood like this in court talking about it. And he just, he's a creepy motherfucker. Okay, Richard Ramirez. Okay, let's read it real quick. Okay. So, a Texas driver whose criminal career had begun when he was only 12 years old, 27-year-old Richard Ramirez terrorized Los Angeles during the hot summer of 1985. Police were unaware that the thin, dark man who called himself a worshiper of Satan, loved heavy metal music, and had molested two little girls earlier that year was the so-called Night Stalker, responsible for more than a dozen violent murder robberies. Many serial killers and mass murderers select targets of a certain age, gender, and race or repeatedly use one method to commit crimes. But Ramirez killed randomly with no modus operandi. M.O. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I always wondered what M.O. stood for. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's Latin for why the fuck did they do that? <laughs> you should really translate a lot more Latin in your free time. You know what? Next episode. <laughs> Perfect. His victims were men and women aged 16 to 84, chosen only because they had left windows and doors open um, to Mm -hmm. offset the season's oppressive heat. Mm -hmm. Some were bludgeoned, some had their throats slashed, and others were shot with a gun stolen from earlier victims. On some occasions, Ramirez mutilated the bodies or left crude drawings of pentagrams at the scene. That was his jam. There it is. As the death count rose and police searched for clues, Ramirez began making mistakes. Consumed with the idea that Satan was protecting him, he left survivors and fingerprints. Police uncovered his earlier arrest record for drug offenses, then published and televised his photograph. Ramirez was soon recognized and apprehended by an angry group of or- ordinary citizens yes during an attempted car theft yes, yes this is I the remember. best part in 1983 or sorry in 1989 ramirez was convicted on 13 counts of murder he awaits trial for yet another year back in 1992 yeah the incarcerated night stalker continues to practice satanism 
and has attracted many female admirers who visit and write him. He says he feels no remorse for his crimes. He was a sick, sick dude. Yeah. Like, and what I love about the ordinary citizens that apprehended him, they like beat him to a pulp. Yes. Once they found him. Yeah, I remember that. And I think he kind of was like, I don't know if he was like, why are they doing this? Or or like was asking the police to help him or something. But he was just kind of like, yeah, come on, guys. And they were like, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. This is crazy. I love that one. I know. I'm so excited to read all the rest of these. I am, too. Yeah. This is uh, this is the history of these cards. I love it. And sorry to anybody out there who's listening who doesn't love cruel murder as much as we do sorry and we don't love it we're just fascinated by it exactly like all murderinos are it's a it's a psychological thing like why do they do what they do it's just fascinating to kind of think about people and yeah people who are have you know something wrong in their head like they were bedwetters so they hit their head out really hard a couple times it's always brain trauma and it's always, always bedwetting it's always brain trauma yeah honestly head injuries man Oof. wear a helmet yeah all the time just you know actually just don't go anywhere don't take any risks <laughs> sit at home listen to our podcast totally um, normal try not to be paranoid about anything yeah yeah but also i always say a healthy amount of paranoia never hurt anybody keeps the doctor away <laughs> or one, the killer away one paranoia a day <laughs> keeps the killer keeps away. the murders away <laughs> yeah and the doctor because sometimes they kill people too so this is true oh my god <laughs> i love it yes. thank you for bringing those Absolutely. we're so i think we're both just really excited to turn off the mics and read, and read the oh absolutely absolutely uh so yeah it's i'm glad you talked about that it's really interesting to think about people making a market and making money off of right our sick interests yeah like and how heavily that was protested yeah yeah i love that me too well, good one, Kat. Thank you. Thanks for listening this week, you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Lots of um, more exciting discoveries to come. Absolutely. I think our next episode is going to be going live in April, maybe. This That's what one. I, think. I was going to say it's the 4th, the 18th. Yeah, on April, April 1st. 1st. <gasps> That's my one year anniversary at work. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's also April Fool's Day. I know. I, I was... hope they fake fire you. I honestly was talking before I went in for my first day and was like, what if this is all just a big joke? Oh, <laughs> wouldn't that be terrible? It would be so sad. Just kidding. We're not so hiring you. Sad. <laughs> well, yeah. Tune in on April 1st for our, our next episode. Yeah. If you have any topic suggestions, you know where to find us. On Facebook and Instagram, we're Discovery Chat. On Twitter, we are Disco Chat. And our email is the discovery chat at gmail.com the is very important as is when you visit our website yes which is also just the discovery and we have a forum there where you can submit ideas or just comments concerns whatever just say hi that'd be really really cool just we, someone someone say hi to us anyone anyone please. you can just say hi please say hello <laughs> yeah we're just dying for that interaction but keep in contact with us yeah expect yeah. more in a couple weeks heck yeah Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, friends. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to turn it off the right way this time, I promise. Okay, goodbye. Nope. Nope. Jesus (laughs) Christ. It's not even a joke.